And so 2024 is upon us, and you and I are excited about it. And uh, we know this, like I said, that uh, God um, in heaven, there is no time. And God is always a faith, because faith is right now. Everything is always right now with God. Everything is always right now with God. And yet he does understand our future and uh, he has gone to the end and then back to the beginning and declared some things over you. And so I want to talk to you about this. This scripture, uh, I said it in both services and it just popped up. And so let's start here. I believe Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19 and 44. You'll have to, uh, they don't have any of my scriptures upstairs because I didn't have a really good clue where we were going. And so Luke chapter 19, we're going to start in verse 41. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. I'm going to read out the King James. Jesus is ministering, and it says, and when he was come near, and he was come near, I, I believe it's Jerusalem, he beheld the city, and he wept over it. He beheld the city, and he wept over it. He was moved to tears because of something. And this is what he said, if you had only known, at least in this day, the things which belong unto your peace. How many know we're supposed to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? And even today, things are a mess over there. But now, they are hid from your eyes. So in this moment, Jesus is ministering on the earth. He's all God, he's all man. He's anointed by the Holy Ghost, yet he knows. And what he's saying is, this city right now, you could have had a visitation from God. I could have come in there and raised the dead and healed the sick and delivered you and helped you, but obviously they would not. And he said with tears, they missed the time of their visitation. Well, I know these are the last of the last days. Do you know that? And in these last days, we're supposed to gather together all the more that we need to see the day approaching. So good for you and good for you for tuning in. But I just want you to know that the Lord, I believe, is watching who is gathering, watching who is putting him first because the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth to show his heart strong on behalf of someone whose heart is upright or perfect towards him. God is looking to bless us. God is looking to help you. God is looking to strengthen you. And yet in this hour, we know this in Zechariah 10.1, it says, ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. And so there are seasons. There are set times. How many of you know uh, uh, Mary delivered Jesus in the set time, in the appointed season? How do I know that? Well, it was time to pay taxes. It's Christmas. Y'all want a little extra. Hallelujah. I I, I didn't go into this much on Christmas Eve when we were all here together. But um, do you remember Joseph and Mary had to go back to Bethlehem? Why? Because of taxes. How many of you know that doesn't sound very spiritual? Do y'all love taxes? Nobody does. But it's interesting that God knew because he knew what time Jesus would be delivered. And and it was prophesied that Jesus would be delivered, be born in Bethlehem. How did God get him there? By a tax. Isn't that strange? That God knows even the natural things that are going on and he'll tell you things that sometimes look very natural, but it's for an appointment for you. A divine encounter for you. A door opened unto you that you've got to walk through. Joseph and Mary had no choice but to go to Bethlehem. And yet it was the appointed time because she was to deliver in due season. And she was to deliver in Bethlehem. And God even knew there was no room at the Holiday Inn. Right? There was no room there and God knew that. And he had seen all that. Listen to me. God sees that for Jesus, but he's also seen your life. And I'm telling you, there are divine appointments. You and I cannot miss some scheduling that God has done for you. Because this city, they missed the scheduled appointment. It should have been, I say it like this. I mean, it should have been in their phone. I've got an appointment with God. That's what Jesus is saying. 
I had a scheduled appointment with you and you missed it. And he wept over it. I don't want God weeping over me and I don't want God weeping over you for you missing your appointment. What time is it? It's the time of the latter rain. That's the season we're in. We're in your due season. And I know this, this message to me, I, I, I know around the end of the year I preach this a lot, but you're, you're, and I think the Lord, the reason is the Lord is aware of you in the natural, you uh, in your flesh, you want to make some changes. So he's all up for you making some changes. But these are the changes he wants you to make. Exercise is great. Eating right, wonderful. Walking your dog more, awesome. Keeping your house clean, good for you. Keeping the car washed, wonderful. Goals, 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 wonderful. But God wants you to have more than goals. He wants you to have a vision of where you need to go. And the way you're going to get there is to walk in the word in this hour. Because it's a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And there's some doors you and I have got to walk through. You know, um, Pastor Rhonda did a message, I think this year, uh, about uh, enemies at the door. We had prayed that out, I think, in 2022. Uh, there was adversaries. You remember Paul said that in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. He said, uh, you know, there's the doors, effectual doors open unto me, but there's many adversaries. There's enemies. Remember one time he was trying to get to, to a people, and he said, the devil has hindered me. And so the devil is not just going to let you, he wasn't just going to let you walk through your door of opportunity. No matter what that is, whether that's a business, whether that's a career move, whether that's um, uh, ministering to someone, uh, uh, whatever that is, that door of opportunity, which could be many kinds of different doors depending on your life and where you're at. And the adversary is there to try to keep you from walking through the door. But God said to us, and I'm remembering this not because it's in my head, because it's in my heart. He, he basically said, take my hand. Come on, when God offers you his hand to walk you through, you grab a, how do you grab a hold of the hand of God? Well, Enoch and Noah were famous because they walked with God. Now, maybe, you know, husbands and wives do it. Pastor Rhonda and I still do it. We've been married 28 years, and we still walk around holding each other's hands like we were teenagers. It's cute, isn't it? Whether you think it is or not, it is. Hallelujah. But we like to do that. While we drive, we hold hands. We still like each other. We still love each other. But, there's, but God, how many of you know if you grab the hold of the hand of God, that he can walk you through some things? And you're going to need it. You're going to need it. Grab his hand. How do you grab his hand? You grab his word. Let him guide you. He'll walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. And you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have, no matter what they name it, you'll not have to be afraid of it. I'll just address something. You know, it doesn't, you can do some things in the natural and still not be afraid. God's not opposed to natural help. He's just, he is opposed to fear. He's opposed to you doing things because you are afraid. And really only you and God know that. So don't be so judgy about people. Because you don't know why they do what they do. I don't know. Let's, let's keep on this. Hallelujah. What do you say? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there's a season change coming. And this is what the Holy Ghost said in Isaiah 42.9. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. The Lord will let you know any new thing that he's got for you. And again, you don't need a prophet for that. You need a Holy Ghost for that. And he lives in you. And you are his sheep. And you know his voice. And the voice of a stranger you will not follow. And you're of the truth and you hear him. Amen. You are born again, so you're led by the Spirit of God. Right? Everybody say, I know his voice. See, you know it. Remember, you're not trying to learn it. You know it. And if you have confidence that you know it. I'm not, I'm not trying to get God to talk to me to prove he's real. I, I, I know he's real and therefore I am his sheep and I know he'll lead me and guide me all my days. And it's not a voice, it's usually a knowing or a perception. 
but he's going to let you know some new things that are coming. Uh, Isaiah 43, 19 says this, Behold, I will do a new thing. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, and you're, shall you not know it? In other words, I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell you about it. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'm going to make a way for you. A new thing I'm going to do for you. And, and you know, hallelujah. Uh, Daniel talks about he changes times and seasons. What does that look like? It reminds me of John the Baptist. Y'all remember John the Baptist? How you know Elizabeth had John the Baptist and he was a forerunner of Jesus. And he went about preaching, repent. He would not be a popular preacher today. And I don't know that he was a popular preacher back then either. He wasn't afraid of anybody. He called it like it was. And that's why he got his head chopped off. He called sin, sin. But I remember, remember, we, we think of John this way, but, and, but he did all that and he was baptizing in water under repentance. He was like, you all need to get ready for something. You all need to get ready for someone. And he came to prepare the way. And remember, when he saw uh, Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. It was his cousin, his second cousin or third, I don't know, third cousin, not removed. But you remember, uh, Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. So what does that make them? Second cousins. They grew up together probably. They played together. They're about the same age. Come on, they definitely knew. Uh, Mary stayed in Elizabeth's house for a good long time. They know each other. They know about each other's such supernatural birth, yet they didn't know. <laughs> it's weird. They knew some things, but they obviously didn't know some things. Because th then one day Jesus was walking by. He didn't say, hey, cuz. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. I baptize you with water under repentance, but he's gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And how did he know that? He said, the same one who called me told me that I'd recognize him. And he recognized him. And then he said this in John 3.30, I think. He said, now is my time to decrease. I've got to move out of the forefront and Jesus, you've got to move into the forefront. I was the one who, remember, even his disciples, I mean, they followed him and, and some of them said, we want to go with him. And they said, good, go. Because I must decrease. And what did he know? His season was coming to an end. And he knew we were entering into a new season. There's all kinds of seasons in the Bible. You remember Noah. Now, he lived in a wicked and perverse time. We think ours is bad, but his was equally as bad. Come on, it must have maybe even been worse, if you can imagine that. Because the sin was so great that God decided to start over. It's not a fairy tale. It's not something just that's weird. It's the truth. God started over with Noah, his wife, and his three sons and their wives. So you all, we all come from Adam and Eve, but you also, uh, we all have this in common. We came from Noah and Mrs. Noah. Now, isn't that funny? We don't even get to know her name. Our great, 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 great mamma was just a no-name woman whose husband was Noah. And they're three boys. We all come from one of them. I don't know if they traced that. That, that genealogy thing all the way back. But they, if they did, they'd find it. Because that is what happened. I said, that is what happened. That is what happened. But what happened was a season was changing. And God said to Noah, you're the only righteous man on the earth. And I'm going to start over with you. And the interesting thing is, as he built his boat, he preached on righteousness just by his action. Because the season was about to change. A season was about to change. And so Noah prepared for the season change. He did that by building an ark. 
I'm telling you that seasons are changing. And I know that that's true because we go to 23 and 24 and it's cold outside, but I'm not talking about that season. I'm talking about a spiritual season for us, for the church, those who will really follow after God. Oh, he said about, you know, we're not like those who stayed on the other side of the river. Remember a tribe and a half stayed on the other side and he let them. They got comfortable on the other side. He said, you got to help us go over the first time, but if you want to camp there, that's up to you. If you want to live there, that's up to you. God's not going to make you go the other side. He's not going to make you go to the promised land. But when the season, when the time had come, they, they should have all been ready to go in, yet they weren't. And God's not going to force you to go in and take your promised land. But you got to know the season is here that you, you're, it's time to apprehend some things for your life. It's time for you to get them. Whether no one goes with you, though nobody follows you, you're going in. And you be that shining example, and hopefully one day they'll follow you in. But I'm not going to hang out on the other side of the river waiting for you to get it together. We're going on the other side. Everybody say, I'm going to the other side. Oh, nobody follows me. I'm going to the other side. I'm going to follow Jesus, right? So it was time for a change. Noah, it was time for a change. John the Baptist, it was time for a change. He said, I must decrease so Jesus can increase. You've got to know what season you're in. Well, I do know this, be based on what God is talking to us. I can think of some other stuff. What, what about, um, you know, um, the widows in the old covenant? Remember that one? Uh, she was making a cake for herself and her son. Remember Elijah came along and, and he's like, uh, oh, I see you got a nice cake for you and your, your son. He's like, give me some first. That's just like a preacher, ain't it? Give me your leg of fried chicken first. But that's not the purpose here. What was the purpose? So she had to make it because her season was about to change. Her season, she was about to die. She was going to prepare one more meal for herself and her son, and that was a season change of all season changes. They were going to die. But then what happened was a door of opportunity opened. Come on, God sent a man anointed of him to one woman who wasn't even in covenant. I love it when he does that throughout the word of God. Those who are outside of the covenant. Because you and I used to be outside of the covenant. He just likes faith. He just likes faith. And so this woman, simply on the request, she didn't know who this guy was. He said, this is what you need to do. Remember this? I'm talking about seasonal changes. I'm talking about doors of opportunity. And don't let your mind, don't let people talk you out of the door that God opens for you. And the windows that God opens for you. What he was doing was he brought an opportunity to this woman. He opened a door. He opened a window from heaven for her, and she had to either receive it or reject it. God said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. you got to choose life. And so she chose to believe the man of God. And what happened? Well, he said, this is what's going to happen. You make one for me first, and you give it to me, and then how many of you remember what happened? Her, she, they, they, had, they had cake forever. <laughs> Whatever that was they were eating, they had it forever, even in the middle of a drought. Yes, yes. And then even because she obeyed the man of God, when her son died, God raised him from the dead. Yes. What was that? A door of opportunity. Y'all, you have to be sharp sometimes to get your doors of opportunity because God doesn't always come flashing with a neon sign that says, this is your visitation. This is your door. He'll help you, but you got to be aware of it. First of all, you got to look for it. Are you looking? Are you looking? 2024, a year of what? Profuse favor. Is it the word? Come on, I've spent weeks talking to you about it. Can you see it's in the word? Because we can't have faith for something that's not in the word. Can you see it's always been in the word? Can you see because God's with you, you got favor? Amen. It, it, come on, favor with God and favor with man. And so there's opportunities coming. So in this year of 2024, a year of profuse favor, there's windows, there's doors of opportunity, but you got to take them. 
you've got to take them. You've got to know that they're God. And you've got to take, in other words, you've got to know his voice. And that's why I'm so big about voices that the Lord is dealing with me, even in my own life, about be careful what voices you listen to. Be careful what voices you listen to. Be careful what pulls on your flesh. Be careful with what you fill your ears with. Be careful what you look at. Because, you see, we've got, we've, got to be, we've got to be clear because when the door of opportunity comes, when that door opens, I need to be able to walk through it with confidence. Because if it really is from God, there could be some adversaries standing there trying to keep you out. But how many know we've already whooped those adversaries? Because Jesus destroyed them and they're under your feet. So you just say, move aside, get on out of the way. That's my door. I'm walking through it. Come on, I'm going to the other side. And you just take the hand of God and let him walk you all the way through into your promised land. Remember he told Joshua many times over and over again, be not afraid. One of the things that will keep you away from your doors of opportunity is fear. It's fear. And one of the things the devil is really good at right now is fear in the morning, fear at lunch, and fear in the supper time. And then right before you go to bed, here's a snack of fear. Don't do things out of fear. I could get into meddling on some things. Um, I, I can tell you before God that I, I, don't, I try my very best, and I think I've done a pretty good job. We don't do things out of fear. Don't take medicine out of fear. Don't not take it because you're afraid somebody's going to think you have little faith. It's really none of their business. And if people really believe that, that they should never go to a doctor, they shouldn't even pop an aspirin. Either be consistent or be quiet. God's not opposed to medicine. He's opposed to fear. Should you depend on medicine? No, because when it's done, it's done. And it usually just treats symptoms. Well, that's a little faith foolishness and a presumption for you. You all right? Opportunities are coming to you. I'm talking about even that kind of stuff. Letting people's voice persuade you in things. Come on, you've got a relationship with God. I can't go through the crowd. I wish I could, and I might be able to somewhat go through and tell you the doors of opportunity that are coming to you. Am I going to do it? I don't know. I'm just walking. Hallelujah. Jesus, help us. Hallelujah. What am I doing down here? Let's go back up here. So funny. It doesn't happen as much here, but when I go to other countries where, I, where I'm kind of known, I can tell when people are not doing well, they won't even shake my hand. They avoid me because of the way God uses me over there. But he only tells me things that I need to know when I need to know it. I'm so glad I can't see into your life. And you're not seeing into mine. Aren't you glad God is nice? And he only does that kind of stuff when it's really when he wants to help somebody. Don't miss your opportunities. Don't let people around you. Come on, make sure your four crazy friends are faith-filled. And when there's a door of opportunity and you're shying away, they'll yell at you. Don't shy back. Believe God. Let's walk through this together. Seasons, they be a changing. And God's announcing them to you. He's forewarned you in his word that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, pestilence, famine, earthquakes, and you can't change that. Well, I think we can pray those away. No, you can't. Because Jesus, then you try to go against what Jesus said. Right? You can't pray those away. You can, you can be in the right place at the right time where they don't hurt you. Or if one happens and you're in the middle of it, you can get out of it. I've been in a couple earthquakes, one in the Philippines, one in Chile. Not the little... I had one person call me one time in the United States. They had like a 4.2 earthquake, and they were all like, ooh, it was an earthquake. I'm like, that's not an earthquake. That's not an earthquake, is it, Aldo? 
That's not an earthquake. What is that? That's just like a daily thing in Chile, right? That's not an earthquake. It doesn't get bad till it gets in the sevens. We all survived the 9.1 or 3. What was it? 9.2, right there in the middle. Can't change it. I could have missed that one if I would have obeyed God <laughs> and not, not, not been there because I felt led to leave a day earlier and I let someone talk me into staying a day. Lesson learned. I know. I remember I was shaking from left to right and bouncing up and down in my bed. And I, the only thing, most of you heard this before, but the only thing I thought, I said out loud, God, Father, I'm here. Like, why are you letting this happen? I'm here. We were one in the Philippines. Destiny was a baby. And my wife, Susie Safety, I'm talking about, you can't, there's some things you can't change, but you can be prepared for. Uh, Susie Safety here, she's the girl on the airplane that when the flight attendant is talking, she's actually listening. (laughs) And I know when I'm with her, I don't have to listen. I can stay on my phone. I can do whatever I want because she's listening. And then when she's done, because she knows I have not listened, she'll say the exit is, she'll tell me where the closest exit is. And I'm like, okie dokie, hallelujah. And she's the girl that goes into, as soon as we get in the hotel room, I'm unpacking, making sure my clothes are not going to be wrinkled and all that because that's really important, you know. But she's getting out the thing and finding the exits and what to do in case of emergency. And the time the earthquake was there in the Philippines, we were up in a Weston, and the whole building went swaying left and right. I got up to grab Destiny out of a crib, and I saw the whole city go dark. But she actually knew where the staircase was. And what we were supposed to do. And so that's why I was in Chile. Why am I telling you that? Well, it's good sometimes to be prepared. The prophets said a drought is coming. And they prepare. I'm not just talking. Sometimes we as faith people think we can change everything. You cannot. Sometimes you have to prepare. You listening to me? Well, why didn't they pray the drought away? Well, if they could have, they would have. Well, I just, that's anti-faith. I'm not going to listen to that. Well, that's too bad for you because that's the word. He told them to prepare. And so be careful that you know how to use. See, you can control what's going on in your life. How many of you know the Lord can warn you of a drought coming and you can get, um, you know, store up uh, water bottles. Every time you go to Kroger, you get an extra one. And you tell everybody, don't touch that. And you do a first in, first out, or a, a no, be last in, for, I don't know, first in, first out, or what, however you do it, uh, last in, first, I don't know. Anyway, one, I forgot my accounting terms. And, and, but, but you rotate them, and then when a drought comes, you've got plenty of bottled water that you can share with everybody. Will the Lord do that? Absolutely. But you can't know that if you're just doing what you want to do. Now, you remember, uh, some of you are too, too, some of you are still young in the room, but y'all remember that Y2K thing? Y'all remember it? The world was going to fall apart? I knew preachers that gave up their church to go build build windmills. They stored up food and ammo. People kept asking me, how come we're not preparing around here? Get those meals ready to eat. I mean, surely some of y'all could have got us some meals ready to eat. Why aren't you concerned about it? Because the Holy Ghost told me it wasn't a thing. But he did say there's something coming right after it that will shake this nation. And that was 9-11. It's interesting that the devil can make you focus on something that's not real. Y'all, we're Holy Ghost people. And so, yes, there are going to be earthquakes. Yes, there are going to be famine. Yes, there are going to be pestilence. Yes, there are going to be plagues. Who cares what they name the next one? You have to obey God and get through it and get through it with victory. Did we get through the last one with victory? Well, I don't know that I did it the best I could. Um, It was all new. It's like, you know, but you do the best you can with the help of the Holy Ghost. 
and you learn some things. Pastor Mark, are you prophesying bad things are coming? Um, you live in the end of the age. The earth is groaning. The people have gone nuts. The heathens, it looks like they're winning. But, but God is saying to you, I have opened doors of opportunity. I have opened windows in heaven and I've opened doors that no man can shut. And all I need you to do is walk through it. I need you to take my hand, God said, and walk through it. But there is a seasonal change. And so the opportunity, I didn't forget this widow woman. Here she was. Well, I kind of did, but the Holy Ghost just reminded me of her. She's there and she had what? A door of opportunity. Remember the other widow woman. She was going to have to sell her sons into servitude. Her husband was a prophet. And this one was with Elisha. And remember what he told her to do. He said, go gather. What do you got in your house? Aren't you glad God only asked you for what you got? He said, what you got in your house? What you got in your house, what you got in your possession is enough for a miracle. What you got? What you got? She said, all I've got is some little bit of oil. And what did he tell her to do? What did he do? It was a door and a window of opportunity opened. How much of a blessing it was going to be was dependent on her boys how, much, how many jars they gathered. Because remember when she got the last one? What happened? So God didn't determine the miracle. They determined the miracle. The opportunity was there. Did they take the opportunity? Did they take advantage of all the opportunity? Or did they get lazy and only gather half? We'll never know. But it still was enough to pay all their debts and to live off of. What was that? That was a door. That was a window. I don't know if you've ever looked at it that way before, but that's what it was. It was an opportunity. He set before her blessing And he set before her this opportunity of life. How much of it she grabbed was up to her and her boys. She did exactly what the prophet said. She closed the door because it was her season. Now listen to me. There are all kinds of seasons in your life. There are seasons to plant. I'm talking about the word. I'm talking about your heart. There are seasons to plant. If you need a harvest in an area like healing, If you need a harvest in healing, then what you ought to be is in healing school every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Because if you need healing for your body, well, I can't, I got to work. Well, we have a camera. And if you can take lunch, you can eat your Big Mac or your nuggets or your Chick-fil-A fries. I love a Chick-fil-A fry. And uh, um, I've had some recently, hallelujah. Um, And uh, you can do that while you watch. But you got to sow. If you have a need, you can't reap a harvest where you don't sow you got to sow the word. If you need peace in your life, then uh, call Raymond and get Miss Lynette Hagen's uh, peace CD. It's full of scripture. There, there's an answer for whatever you need, but you got to sow. I say you got to sow. you got to sow. you got to sow. And then what do you got to do after you sow? Then you got to water. Come on, there's never a harvest without watering. There's never a harvest. What is that? Well, that's speaking the word over the word that's in your heart. You, you water it. You water it. And then there's a season of harvest. And what do you got to do? You got to put the sickle in. What is that? Again, words. You got to put your tongue, your sickle in to the harvest field and receive what's yours. It's how you receive from God. So these opportunities are available. But you got to know, then what does Galatians say? It says, in due season. What is that? That's an appointed time. Now listen, there's never an appointed, today is the appointed time of salvation. Today is the appointed time of healing. Today is the appointed time of all your redemption, of everything that salvation offers. You don't have to wait one minute for any of those. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? We're going to hit a minute. We're going to take, we're going to, uh, we're going to take communion together. Um, I don't know how the order of the service is going to go anymore, but, but, but stay with me. Because I believe you have to, tonight, you and I are going to make a definite, kind of almost like a flagpole kind of plant. I'm walking in, I'm walking through my doors of opportunity. I'm walking into profuse favor. I'm going to take God's hand and I'm going to walk all the way through. I'm not going to be like those one folks who stayed on the other side. I'm going into the promised land. I'm just not going to shout at Jericho. I'm going to go take my possessions. Just a little, I know we're, we're doing a lot of different things, but Caleb was one of my favorite in the word of God. 
When he came to, uh, I think he was 80 years old, uh, they had conquered most of the promised land. But when he went in the first time, he went to a particular mountain. He was a mountain man. And he wanted to go, and, he, and remember, the Lord promised him that mountain. And when he was 80 years old, he said, I want my mountain. God gave that to me. That's mine. And, and I, I believe the people tried to, you know, even Joshua maybe tried to talk him out of it. But he's like, no, I'm as strong as I've ever been. That's my mountain. Give it to me now. And Joshua's like, go get it, big boy. Right? Are you going to take your mountain? Are you going to get your promise? Are you going to finish your course? Come on, I've decided, come on, decide with me. I'm going to finish my course with joy. I, I'm going to finish, I'm going to get everything that God has for me. Are you going to do it? Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Let's get everything that God has for us. We're going to walk through every door that he opens. Every window that he opens, I'm going to crawl through it. Uh, every gate that's swung open, I'm going to walk through it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of this due season, though, you can see from the two widows in the old covenant with Elijah and Elisha, they had everything to do with their opportunity, their miracle coming to pass. In your business, in your careers, in your life, what do you want? What has God promised you? Have you written it down? I know he's not withholding it. Well, he's disappointed me. Impossible. God disappointed me. Impossible. God disappointed me. Im, not, not possible. God is not a man that he should lie. Has he not said it, will he also not do it? If he said it, he will do it. Well, I've been disappointed by church. Well, forgive those people and move on. Why would you let somebody, some idiot, who disobeyed God, didn't know what they were doing, disappoint you and keep you out? You don't know how, long, how many times I've heard people tell me, well, I just don't go to church because people disappointed you, disappointed me. You're going to let someone keep you from God? You're going to let somebody keep you out of the promises of God? I'm not going to. People make mistakes. Family members make mistakes. But God doesn't make mistakes. And if you're disappointed, you're really disappointed in men. And guess what? We're all frail. We can all mess up. Oh, yes, everybody can mess up. If someone thinks they've arrived at a place where they can't mess up, that's called pride, and they're about to mess up. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Right? Hallelujah. But you've got to open, when the God opens the door, you've got to walk through it. Even if it looks like decrease. Hallelujah. Everybody good over here? Some of you are like, what's he going to do? Because <laughs> you know when I'm doing this, I got something. Both of you. I know you don't know me well enough to trust me yet, but you're just going to have to take it. Can she trust me? 100%. Hallelujah. Join hands. Opportunities and doors. Some of it looks like decrease, but if you'll obey, it'll be great increase. And even though it looks like you might be going backwards, it's going to be a propelling forward. But don't let anyone or any opportunity keep you from your place. The Lord brought you together, and together you will stand, and together you will minister by his mighty hand. And the anointing will grow. And increase and be strong, and many will set be set, set set free, set free, set free. Hallelujah! I thank you, Father. These hands. <laughs> Anointed, appointed for such a time as this. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is a day of an appointment. Everybody say, it's my due season. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't get weary and don't fade in your mind because it's your due season. Are you ready? Are you ready to get your appointment? Are you ready to get your appointment? Pam, come here a second. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your peace and I release the anointing on her life. I thank you, Father. Peace unto it. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so now, now there, it is Harukuruba celebrate lebrahanse. And so now there's a stepping up. And, and, and even when you go to speak, the anointing will get greater and 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 greater. There you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So not looking behind, not wondering, not even disappointed with yourself, but put it behind in, a, in this way, that you did the best you could do, and now an appointment has been arranged for you. <laughs> You're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing, and the anointing to speak and flow and minister flows through you in a greater way than ever before. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody who owns a business, stand up. Everybody who owns a business, stand up. Everybody who owns a business, stand up. If you own a business, you're, I'm not talking about you want to start a business. Or you currently have a business, stand up. Everybody who has a business, stand up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Opportunities opportunities, doors open unto you. Uh, you, uh, the entrepreneur, you, uh, the ones that God has established this ministry in your life, uh, the ministry of giving, the ministry uh, 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 for the kingdom of God. And so as you look at your business as a ministry, as you look at it as a funnel for the kingdom of God, the Lord meets your needs in abundant supply for you and yours, and you have more than enough to give into every good work. There is a profuse favor and blessing and windows and doors and doors and doors and doors and doors of opportunity will be granted unto you. Business deals, clients, 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 uh, uh, dealing with some, with some things, uh, things that some of you, unfair things in this world have been done to try to even shut you down. But you have favor with God. You have favor with man. You have favor with government, you have favor with cities, you have favor with the people, favor with the people. Some of you who have products, they won't be able to get enough of your product. It's time to think of expansion. It's time to think of expansion. You say, I just got started, Lord. It's time to think of expansion. That is not just you. That is the Holy Ghost. How can I do? What can I do, Lord, so quickly? But, but, but you got to walk through the opportunity. You got to walk through the door. You know his voice. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, come on, y'all who are standing, lift your hand to heaven and say, Lord, you show me the door and I'll walk through it. I believe divine appointments, opportunity, clients, product, vendors, employees, employees, employees. Employees. Ha, 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 ha. They'll come work for you just because you are anointed of God. Ha, 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 ha. Woo-wee. Makes me want to go open a business. Hallelujah. But I ain't got time. Hallelujah. The Lord will do that for you. He will. 
He will. Hallelujah. Say, I receive an endowment, a grace to stand in my place and increase in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You can have a seat. What about me? What about me? What about my career? Well, I believe God can, you know, we're talking about favor. He can get you the corner office. He'll get you a promotion. He'll get you a raise. But in the same way, you got to understand what the overall arching thing of this is. That God wants, you begin to minister to people. You begin to help those around you. uh, Help them. God will open doors and windows for you as well. Come on, he, he can get you in a position that you don't qualify for. Yeah. I got to go back and get my master's degree. If the Lord didn't tell you, not necessarily. Well, they, they say I don't qualify. Who are they? When God says, God says. Now, you don't go around saying God told me I was going to get a promotion or I'm going to get a raise or that's my, you know, don't do this. There's a corner office and somebody's inhabiting it. You don't need to be find you in there walking with oil, squirting it everywhere, saying this is mine. This is mine in Jesus' name. If you do, don't you ever wear a Cornerstone T-shirt again. (laughs) That's not how you get things. That's not how you get things. You know, people used to, I had this, uh, people tell, I tell this story all the time, but some guy, uh, he got back from Bible school and he was full of faith and uh, there was a house that he liked and it was an old house that was redone and he came up to me and he said, Pastor, that house is mine in Jesus' name. And I looked at him and said, no, it's not. Why? That's my, I claimed it. You can't claim that house. Those people, I know those people and they redid that house and they ain't moving for you. Because the Lord didn't tell him. He just wanted something. You can, if the Lord says, that's all different. I said, if the Lord says, that's all different. But you got to know the Lord said. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You know, back in the old charismatic days, that's when, you know, uh, single guys used to go around claiming women. I found her. I looked in the crowd. I found her. The Bible says, he who finds a, good wife, finds a wife finds a good thing. I found her. I just claim her for myself. Well, she may not like you. <laughs> Man, I've seen some messes. I've seen people prophesied together in marriage, and it didn't work. They didn't, yeah, they didn't even like each other. But they got married because some prophet told them to. Well, that's ridiculous. Listen, we have to have some spiritual sense about us. Hallelujah. Lord, where am I? Hallelujah. I'm at Cornerstone, Word of Life, on saturation, on a Sunday night on the 31st, going in. Windows and doors are open unto us. But you got to take the opportunity. You got to do it. Everybody say, it's my due season. season. Have you sown? I'm not talking about just finances. Sow in the Word. Sow in faith. You believe it's your due season. It's time to reap. It's time to reap. God, God is especially showing us things because he wants us to grab a hold of it. It's always been available. You didn't need a special word, right? You don't need a special word to walk by faith. But if God is saying something, he's trying to get your attention on it so that you'll grab hold of it. Profuse favor is coming to you because you have favor with God and you have favor with people. I'm telling you, uh, um, we're just going a little bit everywhere. But... The truth of the matter is, um, all the teenagers in the room, you have profuse favor with other teenagers. It is time to have revival. It is time. They are messed up out there, and and you guys have the answer. And I was praying the other day, and I'm not going to do it tonight, and I don't, because I I don't know, I, I might mess it up. But the Lord said there was four girls in our youth group. Girls. Why girls? I don't know, but there were four of them. And they had some stuff on them. And if they wanted to, they're going to have a move of God. And so, and so let's, de- let's decide with them. Let's have a move of God. Amen. Well, it's up to God. No, a lot, most of the time it's up to you. Amen. I'm ready for a move of God. Amen. It's our appointed season. 
Come on, the glory of God is here in manifestation. The presence of God is here. I mean, people have seen the glory in this room. I mean, I've known it's here, but, you know, we've had people lately seeing the glory cloud. God shows up here, and we're not going to change that. And we want that, and I want more of that, right? But the overarching thing is you and I have got to get people born again. That's what this year of profuse favor is. The, the overarching thing is for you and I to go get people and get them born again. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it's my due season. Let's see what we can do here. I had some notes. Hallelujah. Okay. I'll do this one for me. Because when I was talking to myself, the Lord was reminding me of one of my heroes. So let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel 23. Verse 11. I guess I got to tell you what verse. King James, 2 Samuel 23. And after him was Shammah. One of my heroes. The son of Agi, the Heretite. And the Philistines were gathered together in a troop. The Philistines always um, represent the enemy, the devil. And the devil would love to destroy you, but he can't. Because Jesus destroyed him. He's under your feet. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we've been raised together and seated in heavenly places far above. Every principality power. Doesn't matter how big the devil is because you're seated above him. Now here, there was a man named Shammah. And every year they planted some lentils. I like to call them black-eyed peas. Just because you understand black-eyed peas. And the Philistines were gathered together in a troop where was a piece of ground full of, let's just say, I know, it's not going to hurt the word. Uh, I know it's not black-eyed peas, but today it's black-eyed peas. And the people fled from the Philistines. So a lot of church people and a lot of people, when the enemy shows up, they run. They're in fear and they run. But it wasn't so with one of David's mighty men who he trained in the cave of Adullam. Shammah used to be depressed. Shammah used to be discontented. Shammah used to be in great debt. But the giant killer trained him how to get rid of the enemy when he comes. Remember what David did. It's, it's not by might. It's not by power. He said, you come to me with a spear, with, his, uh, with a sword, and, and, and that's how you're coming to me. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. Remember what he looked at? Everybody was afraid of Goliath. You remember that? What did I tell you? One of the things that will keep you out of your opportunities, one of the things that will keep you going from your, through your door that, and the windows and the things that God has opened unto you is fear. The thing that kept them out of the promised land the first time was fear. Everybody say, God's not given me a spirit of fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. Not of what the devil can do to you. Not what he's telling you he's going to do to you. No fear. Because Jesus won the victory and you're seated in Christ. So all these people were afraid and they gathered together. What were they there for? Not because David was a king, because David was a giant killer. Because remember, everybody was afraid of Goliath. And he was a big dude. And even the king Saul said to David, you can't go up against him. He's been a man of war from his youth and you're just a little good looking, little ruddy boy. You can't do nothing with him. You better put this armor on. And how many you know David said, I can't fight with this armor. Come on, y'all, you can't fight with somebody else's revelation. You gotta fight with your own revelation and you better get one of God from his word. Because if not, you're going to be in fear and you're not going to be able to walk through the doors that God opens. So Shammah learned from the giant killer. And now every year, just at the time of harvest, I tell you, the devil comes two times really hard when you start and when you're ready to harvest. So just know his scheme. And it's harvest time. It's jubilee. Come on, it's the acceptable year of the Lord. It's the year of profuse favor. Harvest is here. There's doors open unto you, but there are many adversaries. But this is what you got to do with the adversary. Verse, verse 12. 
but he stood. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? None of these things move me. I'm not going to get moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I'm not moving. Having done all to stand, do what? Stand therefore. But not just stand, but stand there with the word of God coming out your mouth. Stand there with the sword of the spirit. Stand there with the shield of faith. But he stood in the midst of the ground and he defended it. Now, if you look at this, there was a troop of Philistines. So that's either 200 or 400. No matter, it doesn't say, but a troop was either 200 or 400. So there were between 200 and 400 guys who were men of war and Shammah is standing in the middle of his black eye pea patch. And this is what he said, not this year. Not this year. Not this time. We planted this. We pulled the weeds. We watered it. And you can't have it. You took it every other year, but not this year. Not this year. Not this year. Not this year. Not this time. You can't steal what's mine. The promises of God are yes and amen to me. You're not taking them. Not this year. Not this year. I may have let you have them before, but not this year. I'm not doing it. But who's that up to? That was up to Shammah. Everybody else left. And he's, fight, he's fighting 200. Now, man, I personally want to see the movie. Maybe you girls don't want to. But this is some good fighting. This is better than any superhero. This is better than any guy movie that I ever watched. Come on. I've seen, you know, those movies with the guy taking on like five or ten. And that's impressive. But he's literally taking on 200 at the minimum, 400 at the maximum. And there's one of him. And God came on him. And he defended it. What are you going to do? I got to defend the promise that God gave me. How am I going to do it? In the name of the Lord. Come on. If an Old Testament man, the power of God could come on him, and he literally slew 200 to 400 guys in one day. Get out of my peas. These are my peas. Mama cooked the cornbread because we was eating. We can't have them this year. They came every year at the time of harvest. The enemy knows when the harvest time is here. It's your due season. It's your due season. I said it's your due season. He defended it. I shall not move. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. The devil's always going to try to move you. Move you away from your door of opportunity. Move you away from your window of opportunity. He's going to, he's going to let you know the adversaries are there. I've got to decide I'm going all the way over to the other side and I'm going to get my promised land. I'm going to have to be like Caleb. Give me my mountain. I'm well able. He stood there. He defended it, and he slew the Philistines. Man, that's going to be a great replay. If you, when we first get there after the rapture, after I do a lot of stuff, if you want to find me, you'll find me at the theater <laughs> seeing the replay. I like Shama. I, I like him because he had enough. You know how easy it would have been? The odds against him, how easy it would have been? It's just a bunch of peas. But it's the principle of it. This is mine. This is my healing. You can't, keep, you can't keep it from me. God's not withholding it. This is mine. This is my prosperity. It's been provided for me in salvation. That's my peace. You can't take it. This is my victory. But you got to fight. What kind of fight? The good fight. And it's one you always win. God announces to you there's a season change. And the reason is because you're thinking of season change. But I know there's some things coming. And 2024 will be a year 
a profuse favor if you and I receive it and walk in it. Amen.